Hey, what's up, guys? It's Big Cat. Before you start listening to this episode, I wanted to let you know that we're running a special sale on all Barstool merch. Go to store.barstoolsports.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off. Go to store.barstoolsports.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off. What it is! This is the Macho Man Randy Savage. And this is Hard Factor. And there is no one that does it better right now. Yeah, no. But he does it better. I ain't repeating myself. Go ahead, tell me something right now. Yeah, I'm living in a nightmare. And I'm not a racist. And I'm always you. Oh, yeah. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Hard Factor presented by Barstool News Network. It is Thursday, January 30th. 2020 and we've got a packed and different show today guys first half is going to be an interview with uh democratic presidential candidate tom steyer oh you don't say is that the yeah. third presidential candidate this week stacking them up that's right we've we've had uh Buttigieg on we've had uh delaney on which look out for that push-up contest video that dropped last night valiant um, effort will yeah he's strong yeah he's strong He's strong as fuck, actually. Like, he was, like, very fast. <laughs> when you watch the video, he's about to explode. Like, those could be jump push-ups. Yeah, he could yeah. easily clap twice. Yeah. yeah. He, he had a lot of explosion. It's like a pogo stick. Actually, I think, you know, I'm not, I don't want to make accusations. No, but he, no. He, PEDs? No, no. I mean, he was pretty <laughs> yeah. jacked. Yeah. That's true. At that age. Definitely HGH. No doubt about it. Yeah, he's well, taking testosterone. But we got an awesome long interview with I think with the Steyer lady's clean. Yeah. On and this then, show. And then if, tonight... Uh, uh, Tom Steyer came on and he tells us, you know, he's a another uh, billionaire candidate. So our first billionaire. That was yeah, the first billionaire, billionaire I've ever talked to. I always remember. Yeah. Your first I talked to a billionaire before, but that was the first one I talked. To. That's right. I was thinking that Second. maybe Delaney was, but he's probably a millionaire. Delaney's also very wealthy, but yeah. I think Steyer's on a different different plane. I'm not sure. I don't really know. Uh, anyways, after, like 30 after the, I don't know. After the Steyer piece, we're going to have a lightning round of other headlines. And before we get into the Steyer interview, we've caught some heat recently. Um, about uh, talking to Democratic candidates in general. Uh, and so I just want to say that they're the ones who are running right now, not the Republicans. Uh, so if somebody can get us Trump's contact information, we'd gladly have him on, too, <laughs> oh, yeah. for his yeah. reelection campaign. So well, we, the- get in tr- we get in trouble when we uh, interview like Republicans as well. From the outside. Look, we, we try to keep it down the middle. We're going to interview interesting people on both sides, period. Yeah, and you got to listen. It's, it's your duty yeah. as an American. Take a listen, hear what they have to say. Take it take it or leave it. Right. Yeah, so I can promise you that we're not going to be giving out any endorsements like other alleged news shows. We're here to tell you what's going on in the world. Talk to everybody on all sides. So with that being said. Well, we can be bought. You, we can be bought. Mm-hmm. Money, oh, right. is, money right. is, the, is the common denominator for us. If you want to buy us. Morally. Like, there's a uh, threshold. Morally, though. we're not going to pick anyone based off of, like what they say or do. But if they pay us enough. We, we have a dollar amount. Yeah. yeah, we have a price. So yeah. DM at Hard Factor News to find out that yeah. price. And this might be the guy who pays that price. Here <laughs> is Tom Steyer. Listen up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So welcome to the show. Presidential candidate uh, for the Democratic Party, Tom Steyer. Thank you for joining us from Iowa, Mr. Steyer. It's great to be with you guys. Good, good. Uh, uh, first thing, a couple of us were in Iowa earlier this week and it was extremely cold, uh, but it also had a very special feeling leading up to the caucus. Can you tell us a little bit about why Iowa is important in the election process and your campaign in particular? 
Look, Iowa is the first place in America where people will actually vote. So it is kind of a bell cow in terms of where sentiment is in the country. There are four early primary states, which in order are Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina. And so in those four early states, the, the Democratic Party chose them to try and represent, you know, different parts of the country and different demographics, kind of try and represent the people of the United States. But the first one's Iowa. So people pay an awful lot of attention to it. And the people in Iowa spend an awful lot of time trying to, you know, research candidates and think about it. So, you know, there's just an awful lot of focus on these primaries as a way of trying to forecast what's going to happen in the rest of the country. While we were in Iowa, we actually got a presidential candidate to enter a push-up contest with us. And we saw that you've been critical of Joe Biden's physical handling of uh, your caucusers on Twitter in Iowa. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Biden loves himself a good push-up contest. Could you beat Joe Biden in a push-up contest? I have. How many push-ups can Joe Biden do? I don't know. The, what we did in Iowa with, uh, with, uh, Delaney was we did first to 20 and he crushed me. We, so Tom, what do you think you could do? What do you think you could max out at push-up wise? I don't know. I do 75 push-ups a day. Ooh. Wow. So you're saying you probably beat Joe well, Biden. I think it would be you and Delaney. Then. I don't know. I don't know how many people do what people do for push-ups. You would days. be amazed how fast uh, Delaney did 20 push-ups. It was incredible. He was he was about to fly off the floor. So you guys would have your hands. <laughs> you're doing them for speed. Uh, yeah. Well, yes. Will Will was just doing them to survive. But Delaney. Could, yeah. Delaney could probably do a half dozen one armed push-ups. It looks like Tom, have you had a chance to check out uh, uh, the staple of, of, of Iowa breakfast out there? Casey's breakfast pizza. I have not had breakfast pizza since I was taking cold pizza out of the icebox and eating it in the morning. Well, I, I, <laughs> I've never had a warm. I've never had a warm pizza for breakfast. I'll tell you what. You want to get some quick, real easy votes? Go go over to Casey's. Get yourself a breakfast pizza. Say it's delicious. Your your polls are going to go up by at least ten ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty darn funny. Hey, Tom, back to uh, real quick on this Biden thing. What do you think about Biden really just uh, grabbing your your supporter by the uh, by the collar and shaking him? Look, I think that every candidate should be respectful of every voter. We're going to need every single voter in the fall in order to beat Mr. Trump. And so, you know, not everybody's going to in the primary. Nobody's getting 100 percent. But we're going to all have to pull together when this is over. So I think every candidate should be respectful, period, and with no exceptions. That makes sense. Even if you won't tell us if you could beat Joe Biden in a push-up contest, would you enter a push-up contest with us? Because we're not old enough to run for president. We're like the physical gatekeeper yep. for the Oval Office. How, you know? how old are you, bums? Uh, most of us are 34, so one year, two years. Are you talking about our actual age or our age in terms of what the doctors tell us? Yeah. That's different. Let me, put it, let me put it this way. If you can't be, beat me in a push-up contest, you'd be ashamed of yourself. Well, right, oh. but we're very representative of the country, okay? Like, not everybody's in great shape, all right? You were the soccer captain at Yale, right? <laughs> yeah. Call us a shame. I'll tell you this. Anytime you guys want to go do a workout together, I'd be happy to do it, and that's no joke. Fantastic. Done, I, Mr. Stark. Where, where do you guys live? We're in Austin, Texas, and Reno, Nevada. Nevada. Yeah, yeah, thank you for saying. Okay, well, I'll be in Reno. Oh. I'll be in Reno. Oh, I know you're coming through. I know you're just a few hours <laughs> I'll away. I'll swing by and, 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 yeah. and hang out. I'd love go. to do that. Yeah, come on through. We got the studio up here. Hey, Tom, I got yeah. one for you. Uh, how do you feel about billionaires like Mark Cuban, you being a billionaire yourself, uh, complaining about the wealth tax? I feel like I've been seeing a lot of these billionaires coming out complaining about the wealth tax, 
And I'm just curious what your thoughts Here, here's are. Here's a rule. Here's a rule. Don't complain. Period. Give me a break. Right. <laughs> I, I'm one of the people who's proposed a wealth tax, and I did it long before I was running for president because I feel as if this society is completely unfair in terms of income and 10 times more unfair in terms of we've redistributed the wealth to rich people and away from everybody else, and it's ridiculous. And so I'm for a wealth tax. I, I don't really – anyone who's complaining about it who fits it really I think should check his whole card and stop. Yeah, do you feel like Cuban's comments and some of the comments from the other billionaires are, uh, you know, as people mostly just go by headlines, is, uh, is, is having a negative impact on people's understanding of a wealth tax and how it might affect them not being a billionaire? Well, I haven't seen any of the comments. All I'm saying is this. Anybody who's that rich who's complaining about a wealth tax should stop. Mm. Look, th- this society is profoundly unjust in the way the money gets distributed in terms of how much people earn and how hard they work and, and how the system has been skewed and how low the taxes are in rich people. And I'd undo all the giveaways to rich people in terms of income taxes that the Republicans have given them for 40 years. And I'd put in a wealth tax. And you know something else you should tell Mark Cuban? that I would treat investment income the same way that I treat earned income. And if we did that, 95% of Americans could get a 10% tax cut on their income taxes. That's actually what I think. I'm, I'm at the complete opposite end of the scale. This is supposed to be a democratic society where people rise and fall together, not a place where a few people are very rich and it's a banana republic. It's not what the United States is supposed to be about. You know, t- speaking of money, uh, we noticed uh, you know you run a lot of ads on TV and satellite radio. I think it's close to 140 million dollars. Is that is that the correct estimate of what you've spent so far? I truthfully do not know the right answer to that. All right, we're just going to go with 140 million. Um, you know, we're we're pretty good at creating video content on our show, and we were wondering. You know, we have a pretty <laughs> impressive fan base. Yep. Would you like to give us some money to create an ad for you, or perhaps just say anything you want us to say on our show? Uh, I don't even have a desk, yes, and I need one. Look, yep. Where should we send the treatments for our commercial ideas, Tom? <laughs> you can send it to TomStyer.com. Okay. That okay. would be very appropriate. We do but our you own realize stunts. you're not speaking to the guy who runs that. Understood, but I think you got a lot of sway in your campaign. It's a Tom Steyer campaign. Uh, <laughs> one more question on that line, and this is, you know, if, if not okay, we can throw this idea out, but are you okay with partial nudity in potential commercials? With you guys, absolutely not okay oh. with. All right, great. Because oh, that's not okay. <laughs> all right. Well, nine out of the ten ideas the board, have partial nudity, so that's good to know. Okay. Tom, we notice you wear a similar style tie and scarf all the time. My parents have a blanket mm-hmm. with the same pattern and style of fabric that they try to get me to use, and it's very itchy. Are you just itchy <laughs> all the time? <laughs> Actually, no. But I'm glad to know that your parents have such an aesthetic sense. Yes. And are so stylish. I'm very happy to hear that your family is that smart. <laughs> how old? Is, how old is that tie scarf, Tom? Be honest. How old is it? Well, it's not just one. You'll be happy to know. Yeah. Oh, good. I have a collection <laughs> of red plaid ties. <laughs> That's good to know. Well, talking about that scarf, we noticed Bernie Sanders kind of like shooed you away at a recent outdoor uh, event <laughs> when you're wearing that scarf. And of course, the Bernie Liz Warren post debate tiff is Bernie just like a grumpy guy and hard to deal with. What's what's going on with him? I like Bernie. I think Bernie's funny. I think he was a little nervous that my my dancing was getting too much attention. Okay. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Jealous of the moves. I yeah. think he just didn't want to get itchy from that scarf. <laughs>
Hey, Tom, I know you're running as kind of an un- unconventional candidate, and you think that an unconventional candidate is is what the country needs to beat Donald Trump. Uh, I- I'm curious, uh, do you think Donald Trump's done anything good as president? You know, people have asked me that question a lot, so I've had a chance to think about it. He signed a bill that was an attempt to treat to, to, to take a step forward on criminal justice that was a bipartisan bill that I thought was a step forward that some friends of mine uh, pushed. And so I thought that that was a step forward. But by and large, I think that he's been an incompetent and abysmal president, in addition to being the most corrupt president in American history. So I, I, I have would give him failing grades pretty much across the board. Do you, do you feel that his that this pres, that this administration's corruption is is significantly advanced compared to other recent administrations, where the power of the presidency has been expanding, you know, pretty no rapidly? About it. I'm sorry, under both parties. Yeah. yeah. There, no, th- this is completely different. He, the difference is, is twofold. One is he puts his own interest ahead of the American people. That's really the question about Ukraine, but it started in the very beginning. He's been taking money from foreign governments to his real estate operations since day one. It's absolutely forbidden in the Constitution. And he's obstructed justice. I mean, he's literally trying to block evidence from coming in front of the American people throughout this impeachment trial. And that's absolutely different from every other president in both those cases he is a deeply corrupt man and it is not a question about him interpreting the constitution or anything else it's about him putting his interests ahead of the american people breaking his oath of office and then obstructing justice about it and i i love to joke and kid around but honestly this is a, an attack on the system by a profoundly corrupt man and that's why i started the need to impeach movement it's like i like to have fun no kidding I, I love to have fun, but there's some things that I take really seriously and being honest and dealing straightforwardly with the American people and not ripping us off is something I take really seriously. And that's what he does. Uh, that's well said. Uh, what, do, what do you think he weighs? Because I think he's lying to the American people about his weight. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, what, like an estimate, what do you think he weighs? You follow the sublime with the, the, sublime with the ridiculous. Yeah. He weighs way too much is the answer. But like north of 300, do <laughs> you think? Do you think if he wants to come do some push-up contest with us, I'm, oh, I'm going to get my hey, money down if we in could get as Trump, quickly as possible. Hey, hey, Tom, if we could get Trump into the workout with us in Reno, that would be something else. Now, that would the, sell some tickets. That that would sell some tickets, and it would get some real laughs from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, hey, Tom, I got a question for you. So let's just say that the DNC messes up and doesn't nominate you as their candidate. Um Besides you, who do you think has the best chance of defeating uh, President Trump right now? I really haven't asked that question because, you know, my my goal in this has been to win, period. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I played college soccer and uh, I never asked myself what happens if we don't win this game. When I went out, I went out to win. And that's what I'm doing here. You're like Ricky Bobby. If you're not first, you're last. OK, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Look. This is a bit, there's something going on here that's really serious, and that's why I take it on. I love to have fun, and this is, believe it or not, incredibly fun. I love doing this, but in back of it is is a profound choice for America. No kidding, and that's why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. You live out on the West Coast, Tom. Do you smoke weed? I know that's why I moved out here. That's why. <laughs> well, let me put it to you this way. I'm 100% for legalizing marijuana, but I don't smoke weed. Oh, well, I mean, hey, I, I like the first like- part. You know, the second part's I, I'm your actually choice. behind it. I don't want to click. Do you, I mean, who wants to clog up our jails with a bunch of people who own an ounce of, of dope? 
Not me. Not me. Then I, can't, then I can't buy dope anymore because yeah. I'm not in a legal state. Those Amen. guys are who sell us dope. <laughs> hey, hey Tom, I, I, look, I, nationally, I'm for decriminalizing possession of, you know, small amounts of drugs, and I'm for legalizing marijuana, period. Can we touch hey. on the environmental stuff real quick, Tom? So I, I know that that's a big part of your platform. You said that you had some revelations recently or, or, or in the past year or a couple of years in terms of how you stand on environmental issues and what uh, that means to you as a potential president of the United States. Do you think that we're seeing with the Australian wildfires and the California fires a direct result of climate change? And what do you think we can do about it? What, what's, what's actually actionable if you were to be president of the United States? So let me say this. In short answer to your question, of course, that's a result of climate change. I've been fighting on this for over a decade. I've taken on oil companies in terms of defending California's clean energy laws. I've worked to pass clean energy laws around the country successfully. I've never lost I've said climate's my number one priority, that we'll do it from the standpoint of environmental justice and we'll create millions of good paying union jobs doing it. But I declare a state of emergency on day one and I'd use the emergency powers of the presidency because this is a crisis. Yeah, it's and a so crisis. You th- you and think you look you'd at have- Australia. Yeah. Take a look at that. That is, tell me it's not a crisis. They, yeah. they lost a billion animals. That was the early, and that's, I don't have the latest number, right. a billion animals. Yeah. So, but it's beyond um, that because this is about human suffering. And you think you would need to declare the emergency because it would be very hard to pass uh, the types of laws that you think are necessary without declaring an emergency, right? I I would think. Well, you know, you guys, I'm running because I think this government's bought by corporations, and that definitely includes oil and gas companies. So, I mean, I would ask Congress to pass my version of the Clean New Deal, the Green New Deal. But you know something? I declare a state of emergency on day one and get going because we have to. Got to ask you a follow up to that. So uh, obviously you've been very successful financially through your work in hedge funds, right? So obviously you've made some money at some point in your career off uh, corporations that have influence over our government. And I understand that releasing the stranglehold that corporations have over our government currently is a big, big uh, issue for you and something that you want to do. How do you rationalize the money that you've made to this point and and, and kind of your past working in the hedge fund space? Well, here's what I'd say. I, I walked away from my business and I took the giving pledge to give the bulk of my money to good causes while I'm alive. So as far as I'm concerned, I will never be embarrassed or apologize for being successful. But I also know that I'm incredibly lucky to be an American, that I was, you know, in a sense, got in huge advantages just being where I was born and having a family that got me a great education and a chance. So as far as I'm concerned, everybody in America tries hard to succeed. We're the most ambitious, hardworking people in the world. But I also know that what's gone on when I realized as a result of being an investor and as a result of looking around the world, that, that something was definitely wrong here. And I've spent over a decade fighting those corporations and beating them every time and fight, putting together coalitions of Americans to fight them. And that's exactly what I'm doing now. I'm trying to take that fight to Washington, D.C. and stand up, take this government back for the people of the United States. So, you know, I would never, it was through my work that I realized that this government's been bought by corporations. And when I realized it, I changed. I wa- and I walked away from the business and started fighting the corporations, and that's what I've been doing, and that's what I am doing. Not to beat a dead horse, but I'm declaring a state of emergency on our studio right now. And again, Wes is without a desk. <laughs> so if if you can do the giving <laughs> pledge to us, we would happily create an ad for you again. But we'll, we'll email the, we'll email TomStyre.com. Great to see you. Talk to you guys. Super fun. Oh, yeah! 
All right, that was pretty cool. Thank you, Tom Steyer. Let's get into the lightning round. Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to start off the lightning round with the biggest story in the history of stories, and that, of course, is Barstool Sports has sold a minority share to Penn National Gaming for over $160 million at a $450 million evaluation. Ooh. And let me say, I think they got a deal. Yeah. Damn yeah. right they got a deal. Yeah. This 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 rocket ship's going to the moon, as El Presidente said. Exactly. Seriously, though, congratulations to Barstool Sports and Penn National Gaming. It seems like a deal that makes sense for both companies, as sports gambling is really taking off, starting to get legal in a lot of places. Oh, yeah. And Barstool has been taking millions and millions of people on a digital ride to the moon at a pretty impressive tra- trajectory for the past several years. I mean, it's... it's Makes sense. Yeah, not only They're not only out. sports yeah. betting and Barstool playing an important role in that, but uh, political betting, I believe, uh, hopefully we're going to be pushing that envelope, oh, too. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Let's get that going. Um, so Dave Portner, the president of, Par- of Barstool Sports, told Jim Cramer on his show Mad Money on Wednesday that he wants to now get to the owner sports team mogul level, and this is the move that will take him there. And I'd say it's a pretty good start. Yeah. It's pretty, yeah. pretty close. I hope El Prez gets there. Bit of a conflict of interest if he owns a sports team, but that's, hey, man, more power to and him. And he can bet on him. But that means that we get to hang, actually, <laughs> the, yeah, that get to hang such a in the locker venture. room. So right. I'd like that. We love this move here at Hard Factor. One, because we are addicted to gambling, both sports and news gambling, with our sponsors Predict It, which Will was hinting at. But almost as important, we are, I'd say, infatuated with casinos. Um, they absolutely <laughs> get our juices going. Yeah, specifically Terribles yeah. In, in Las Vegas. Well, and any and any that Penn National owns because yes. they're operators of 41 casinos across 19 states. Pat loves them so much, he generally gets as up as he possibly can, and I don't mean monetarily, then makes large bets and busts out and has to take a sad walk to his hotel room in Irish goodbye style while the rest of us are slowly losing our money till 5 a.m. You know me very well, Mark. <laughs> yeah. uh, here's the Where'd thing. Where'd Pat go? If oh, I'm, if I'm he was going laying to... down $200 bets early? <laughs> I oh. get there. I get there. It's the free drinks, the Adderall, whatever else is going around. But, you know, look, I won't be there at the end of the night, but I'm good. I really have a strong start. You're like the rabbit yeah. for us. You lead us in there mm-hmm. and you get us going, and then and then you and then we're it, there all night. It reminds me to bide my time. I like watching you go crazy because I'm like, oh man, I need to dial it back. I'm a great yeah, barometer. You, you know, if you're about to go home before <laughs> Pat, that you need to dial it. Yeah, back. Pat loses his mind so much in the casinos. There's a twenty-five dollar chip on the table outside from the last casino that he forgot to cash in before leaving. I yeah. didn't forget to cash it in. Was small Wes. potatoes. I wanted, a, lost. I wanted a reason to go back. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm just excited because they have locations in Nevada, Texas, and Louisiana, uh, all the states I've lived in since I left Northern Virginia in my life. So that is very exciting for me. How about that? Uh, So we are happy for Barstool and proud to be a very small part of the pirate ship. You may have seen our logo in the top right corner of the announcement video today with all the brands. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. But uh, really, we want to be a bigger part of things, and we want to get invited to casinos more. So we are calling on the Hardo Hive to swarm on any and all people with a sense of humor that like the news or to laugh or don't. We don't care if the haters listen as long as they listen. Spread the word. Yeah, yeah, just subscribe. I'm getting there, Will. Spread the word to men, women, and children that they need to subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe to Hard Factor Podcast. Leave a five-star review on the Apple Podcast there. The time is now. Right. Uh, we got interviews with three presidential candidates this week. The elections are coming up. Uh, Buttigieg, Delaney, and Steyer in alphabetical order. This is our official application to go on the space trip with the Japanese billionaire, but instead with American 100 millionaires of Barstool that are headed to the moon. I went 
to a food delivery orientation today so I could start supplementing my income. You can do this for us, fans of Hard Factor. Seriously, seriously though, great job, Barstool. And the people of Austin, you don't want Mark handling your food. I'm, yeah. I get lost a lot. It's well, gonna he's going to get very nervous about yeah. the food. He's going to drop the food. It's, it, yeah. well, plus, I don't want to get coronavirus and delivering it to someone's house. He got lost in our hometown of, I think, 20,000 yeah. people live in our hometown. He yeah. got lost after living there for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, but you, were, you were a, you were a, not a minor anymore. He gets confused, but I'm good company. Great company. <laughs> what a friend. All right, guys. Shit is heating up in Iowa, and we are just days away from the Iowa caucus, which will be the first concrete info on how, on who may be the Democratic presidential nominee. Uh, and according to the most recent poll from Monmouth University, by the way, I went to a football game there when I went back to visit my hometown of 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 ocean new jersey monmouth university beautiful campus uh anyway the the poll surveyed 544 likely uh iowa democrat caucusers uh and they have biden at 24 sanders at 21 fuck that yeah Yeah, baby with uh but there's a margin of error like 4.2 so pretty much biden and sanders are neck and neck with warren and Buttigieg at 16 and 15 percent respectively uh, it's so, been it's been locked in that way for a while, and then like Bloomberg, Steyer, and Yang are all gaining too. So it's like it just seems to be spread out in Iowa. We shall see, but there's probably going to be a, a a beef between two old white haired dudes, one handsome, one not. I'm talking Bernie. I'm talking Biden to make it to the second yeah, round. Of- but the handsome one, I'm thinking you mean Biden by that. No. Yes, he did. No. Yes. Well, yes. hey, it's, everyone's got their own taste. Clearly, Biden. what I'm saying is like, look. Bernie's the those those chompers. That's a that's a big piece right there. So that's true. I don't know. That's well, guys, to make it to the factor in to make it to the second <laughs> round of voting in Iowa, the, the caucuses, there's two rounds. You got to hit 15 percent. It came out yesterday that apparently some other candidates camps have reached out to the Yang gang and asked to form an alliance and for Yang to potentially encourage his base to support another candidate if he doesn't make it to round two by hitting 15 percent. Right. And Yang, uh, he responded by uh, yelling, Yang gang! into the phone and hanging up on those motherfuckers because yeah. he's in it to win it. Uh, <laughs> His people are going to Bernie and they're going to make me some money on Predicted. Yeah, that's that's the rumors. They're going yeah. to Bernie. Anyway, all this candidate stuff is getting me fired up to lay down some cash with our partner, Predicted.org, the site where you can gamble on the news and politics. And if you want to give it a try, we'll give you a free 20 bucks for signing up. If you deposit at least $20, you just have to use our unique URL and that's uh, www.predictit.org slash promo slash hard factor 20. Let's talk about the markets I'm liking. So right now, who will win the 2020 presidential uh, nomination for the Democrats? Uh, you got Bi- Bernie favored at 40 cents and thug Biden in second place at 32 cents. Michael, Michael Bloomberg in third at 16 cents and rising, which is fucking nuts to me. But there's some money to be made if you fade Bloomberg because Blo- no way Bloomberg is getting the nomination. In my opinion, you can get in at 85 cents on the fade, potentially make 15 cents a share. So it's Bloomberg. No. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, though, about the Bernie versus Biden thing here. I think um, we added Joe Biden in the video with the push-up contest, and it's going to hurt him. He's because, a violent man. You know, it's going to hurt him, his chances, because Delaney <laughs> clearly in the video would beat him in a push-up contest. Oh, he would contest. dominate Joe Biden. And that's going to hurt contest. Joe Biden's chances, because he, yeah. he was talking a big game. Now we have video evidence that he's full of shit in the push-up department. Yeah, yeah and we'll probably yeah. do him with Star. What we're doing is we're also, take- also, real quick, pat yourself on the fucking back if you took Bernie at 10 cents back when we gave that tip, because Ugh. you have now quadrupled up. So do whatever you want. Sell if you don't think he's going to be the nominee. 
keep it. If you think he is going to be the nominee, either way, you are in the black. Major cash daddy. Also, guys, the Yang tweet market's hot. Yang's currently pacing for 413 tweets by February 4th. Now, there's a small sample size because the period of tweets started just yesterday. I'm sorry, on January 28th. But his average tweets per week over the last 90 weeks is 297 tweets. And it's going to be a huge week for Yang. Because Dave Chappelle is heading out to support him in Iowa, and he can't stop talking about it. Chappelle's got no social media, so Yang's doing that in proxy. I would bet the over, 350 tweets at 56 cents right now, and maybe hedge with the band right below that. 340 tweets to 349 tweets, which is at 6 cents. There's some money to be made there. Go to predictit.org slash promo slash hardfactor20 to get your free 20 and make some money with us. Yeah, yeah, what's it, that? What's the website you use, Pat, that, that tra- tracks the tweets? Piecount.com. Piecount. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Piecount.com. Very easy way to track the tweets. You don't have to go and do like the you know calculator on your phone shit. Oh, nice! I didn't yeah. know about that. Also, that Yang, he's a real active guy. He might be able to uh, beat me worse in a push-up contest. Oh yeah, bro. Than Delaney, he's definitely like got to... some tone. Yang's got some tone under there. And Steyer, we'll, yeah, we'll see. I mean, love we'll to see, see him shirtless. Lots of lots of fit, lots of fit candidates out there for Joe Biden to be going down this push-up road. Got All to right, be. let's move it on. Weinstein trial, the gift that keeps on giving. Harvey Weinstein, uh, he took a trip to a Manhattan members-only club one night called Cipriani Upstairs. Uh, this came out during his trial that's going oh on this boy. week. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, more Anything stories. Upstairs. A, mm-hmm. a general, like a members-only club, and he's upstairs. Mm-hmm. Better than him being downstairs, guys. Well, yeah. I don't know. Is that, Pat, you're the New York guy. Do you know any, what's Cipriani Upstairs? Is it Never nice? heard of Cipriani. I don't know. Okay, well, it's members I'm only. Sure it's, I'm sure it's nice. Members only, and this happened in 2005. This is what uh, this this uh, victim alleges uh, Weinstein met the actress at the bar. Uh, I think she was working there and he told her that she needed to come with him to quote, meet his people mm. uh, who happened to be uh, located behind an ice machine in an isolated part of the club. It's where they hang uh, out. Yeah. That's clearly what he calls his Jenny's. Yeah. Oh, his people. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I left him over his here. People. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> My Congress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, her name is a Tarali wolf. Uh, and she said uh, that quote, once he had me in front of him, at some point, I said, I have to get back to work. Uh, and he said, one sec, one sec. And I uh, noticed that his shirt started moving, and I realized he was masturbating under his shirt. Yeah. Oh, says, come on. Excellent. She's like holding hot food. She's trying to. <laughs> yeah, come on. You see, like the thing that pisses me off is yeah, like this, this, this predator could have paid for sex. And he could have banged hot chicks because he was rich, but instead he needed to jerk off in front of waitresses while they're trying to work. What maybe, a piece of shit. Maybe he had oh, a yeah, bad guy. Yeah, maybe it was an itch, Wes. Maybe it was an itch. Yeah. It was, he was just itching Fucking really hard. Fucking Weinstein apologist. Yeah. Wait, my people <laughs> yeah, are almost free. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it gets worse. She claims that he called her out to L.A. later that year for a script reading, and then he did the full on rape at that encounter in L.A., uh, claiming that he tried to tell her it was okay since he had had a vasectomy. So I hope his punishment is fucking life in jail and uh, rooming with Cosby. Yeah, but it's going to be pretty bad. Uh, the, the only guy who looks more like a blobfish than beardless Ted Cruz yelled, quote, that was complete bullshit, unquote, as he pushed his walker out of the courtroom. He's facing charges from too many women to count. So I'm sure there's going to be more stories like this, Pat, and I'm sure that he will be facing uh, quite a bit of time behind bars. That's an interesting way to put it. That was complete bullshit. Like he remembers it. Not, not, <laughs> yeah, not like, this is bullshit. Down. That was bull. That was bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's an interesting way to say it. Uh, he's guilty. <laughs> little guilt in there. Innocent until you're proven guilty. Yeah. But come on. Yeah. Come yeah. 
unless he's got the best lawyers of all time and like, come on. like and like 90% of the women are are completely bogus then he's doing some hard Yeah, thing. every woman in the world wanted to conspire against Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. All right, let's close it out, guys. This one is pretty funny. So it seems that a village in India, um, in uh, the uh, the village Sikandarpur in uh, the Uttar Pradesh uh, uh, province near Nepal, has a monkey problem. Really strung some mm. words there together. Yeah, it was tough. And by problem, I mean the village of around 5,000 residents is being overrun by 2,000 of these bastards. And they are not just jovially, uh, jovially stealing fruit from vendors like that classic scene in Aladdin. Uh, mm. No, in addition to stealing food, they are also biting the shit out of the villagers, oh, that's not good. mostly children, um, and the villagers pleased to the forest department have fallen on deaf ears, mainly due to funding issues. So it seemed the villagers were doomed to a life of watching monkeys viciously attack their children until one... It's the most uh, tender meat, really, though. Yeah, I mean, they're easy targets. Um, children one man, monkeys? Village leader. Monkey. I mean, I'm saying for the monkeys' children. children if just, you're going to yeah. bite something. I was thinking you meant kill the monkeys, eat the monkeys. Well, that's an option. You could. You, that's yeah. also possible. And it kills two birds because the food source. Well, it's good thinking. Yeah. Right? I guarantee you the scarecrow trick would work with monkeys because they're pretty smart. You kill a few monkeys and put them like on a stake mm-hmm. and the, the other monkeys won't come in the town anymore. Yeah. That's a good mm-hmm. idea. Maybe right. Loser on, the on one yeah, of their yeah, foreheads yeah. with a Sharpie. And they don't like that. No right. One's... Like draw like uh, the penis man. <laughs> on no. Their, uh... no one likes to be humiliated. <laughs> <laughs> well, one man, village leader Ram uh, Lalit Verma, had an idea. So what do you guys think his idea was to rid the village of these of this problem, the monkeys? Act like a monkey. Yeah, let the let the monkeys eat the children. Scream at the monkeys, monkey style. Kill the monkeys. Yeah. Well, kill the monkeys would have been more logical. But no, his idea was to dress up villagers like bears was to scare off the monkeys. Mm. And the pictures are pretty hilarious. They, they have these big giant bear costumes. Apparently they paid 24 bucks for three of these things. And it looks like from the pictures they're trying to mimic the look of the only bear in that region that I could find from my um, you know research, the sloth bear. And from, from what I researched... <laughs> the friendly lazy yeah, bear? Yeah. The, the, the monkeys have nothing to worry about with the sloth yeah. bear because it mainly eats ants and termites and right. vegetation. Um, but surprise. Surprisingly, after being the joke of neighboring villages, the technique um, uh, has, has, has worked. And the fake bears have begun roaming in the streets. And really? the numbers of attacks have gone down dramatically. Um, so much so that the forest department is going to visit the village. And if it works as well as the villagers say, they will soon prescribe the solution to other neighboring villages. So just a bunch of remote villages in India with bear costumes roaming around. That's an incredible story. Good for them. Yeah, that's fucking dumb. That's dumb. Yeah, that's dumb. That's stupid. That was a that was a cost. <laughs> no, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. I was calling for for monkey genocide in that town, and then yeah. they figured out how to just beat jobs. it with costumes. They can just run around with bear. Co- I barely could what make do you it. Mean they don't have jobs. They just three villagers. Yeah, they do at it in a shifts. time. Yeah, come on, man. Pat, that's pretty Pat doesn't like the idea. Pat, you're just hating to hate. That's yeah, ridiculous. Just hating to yeah. hate. Whatever yeah. it takes. And I say kudos to uh, Sikandarpur. Yeah. Um, and that's going to do it for Hard Factor. As always, thank you so much for your glowing reviews on iTunes. They have not gone unnoticed, and they are very much appreciated. Remember, we have a voicemail now for your questions or comments at 512-270-1480. Uh, stay tuned for a video coming out soon that follows Will and I's travels to Iowa. You ho- uh, we hope you enjoy it. And um, Iowa. You, do, you, na- you, na- 
you nailed all the terms for the, <laughs> yeah, the town. And I said, and then Iowa. you just said Iowa. Yeah, Iowa. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I've been. Yeah, it's been a long day. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned for that video coming out. And um, if it does well, many more to come, hopefully. And hey, even though many people at Barstool are now very rich, we are still very grateful for our jobs, but also very poor. Yeah. So hop on over to the Barstool store and get yourself a Hard Factor shirt. Mm-hmm. That way, Mark doesn't have to wear his delivery shirt for too long. Got um, it on now. Yeah, if you guys want your food delivered uh, in Austin, Texas, I might be I might be delivering it. <laughs> Again, not something you want, guys. Yeah. All right, that does it for Hard Factor. And most importantly, remember to have a great fucking day. See you later. That there were more than 24 hours in the day 